You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. All right. This, this, uh, this sets up to be an incredible sermon today. Ah, come on. Come on, help me out here. All right, so... Um, Man, I love superhero uh, movies and, and stories. I've been reading comic books since I was a kid, and uh, I still, you know, much of the chagrin of my wife, like to read comics and things. And so, but, um, and so you know, movies like this are always, I, I've always loved it. I've always been intrigued by the superhero, th- the, the genre and everything. And, you know, but, but um, over the last 50 or so years that I've been alive, um, you know, the, the, the stories have kind of changed because when I was a kid and when you go back and you read like the origin stories of, uh, of Superman and Batman and, and these guys, you know, um, it, it, it was, things were different. But the, the more we get, the more that, that we understand, just like in society, things aren't as, as, as clean as we'd like them to be. Okay. Things in life happen and it's, it's, it's not as simple, you know, black and white, cut and dry as, as we would like them to be. Um, and, and so the, the stories that, you know, in these comics and these movies have kind of reflect that. And Incredibles is really cool. Anybody seen either one of the Incredibles movies? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody not seen them? I see a couple of hands that didn't go up. Anybody just not paying attention? Cool. Okay, so, um, so uh, but, you know, so here's what it is. For those of you who may not or those that, you know, may, may have been a while, because it's been almost, you know, 15 years or so since the first Incredibles came out, and the other one came out last year, um, the really cool thing about it, as you saw, it's based on, you know, the superheroes and their family. Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl fell in love and got married, and they had incredible kids, and they became the Incredibles. And, and so um, it, it's a really cool thing to go through. So in this story, uh, they deal with life outside of superherodom. And so, you know, he, here's the thing. A lot of us see people. We have heroes. Everybody in here has a hero. You may not admit it. You may not want to admit it. You may not know it. But everybody has heroes, somebody that we look up to. Maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your mom, maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's, you know, a, a pastor, maybe it's, you know, a teacher you had. It, it could be a lot of things. Maybe it's a musician or a, an athlete or something. But we have these heroes, and so um, we always see are the great things that they do. And in, and, and in our mind, we see all of the things and think, man, it must be great to be able to do that. It must be great to be able to be like that. And so the cool thing about this movie is it kind of deals with the everyday life that, you know, Mr. Incredible, Bob Parr, has to change diapers, and he has to, uh, he has to do everyday things that we don't think about heroes having to do. Uh, you know, uh, Elastigirl has to raise kids. She has to do these things. And so all these heroes, they have to do things. You saw where Frozone, uh, he, uh, uh, he says, I'll be there ASAP. And his, his wife in the background, where are you going ASAP? You know, she, uh, you know, so... Superheroes have to deal with things like that, you know, and so we, we don't think about that. So today, what I want to do is try to kind of break down the myth about heroes, but also encourage you that the world needs heroes. The world we live in, we need heroes. And so I want to kind of help us shift our focus that heroes are not just people that can, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound or can, you know, uh, can throw a football 75 yards or who, you know, who simply run into a burning building or things like that. Heroes are something that, that we can do and we can be. Uh, the definition of a hero is a person who is admired or idolized for courage, outstanding achievements, or notable qualities. 
So, you know, a hero, when, when you think about it like that, when, when I looked at that definition, I'll just be honest with you, when I looked at that definition, I was, really? You know, because when we think a hero, if I ask you to define a hero, you're going to talk about uh, the first responders at 9-11 who went, into, who went into buildings, people who were on some of those buildings who risked their lives and gave their lives to try to save other people. Um, you know, when we think of heroes, we think of, uh, we think of soldiers in combat who, who, who jump on grenades or, or who, who cover things to save their, their comrades, who give their life to try to save the people back home. And so, you know, when I look at this, a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities, that just sounds kind of boring to me. Am I the only one that, you know, I, I kind of read it and I was like, really? That's, that's what a hero is? But you see, what that means is, I could be that. I may not can be the guy who can run into a burning building and, 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 and do things like that. I could do this. I mean, I could be the guy who does supernatural feats. I could do that. I, I, I could do something like that. And so, so that's what I want to talk about today. Um, Peter Kreeft, who was, a, a, who was a famous theologian, and he, he had this to write. Our culture has filled our heads but emptied our hearts, stuffed our wallets but starved our wonder. It's fed our thirst for facts but not for meaning or mystery. It produces nice people, not heroes. That was a really cool thing. And when I read it, see, it's, it's produced people because today um, in our society, we, we do a lot of things that we want, we want to level the playing field for everybody. And, 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 and that's cool. I, I don't mean that we need to give people advantages, but we want to make everything so, so nobody is special. We want everybody, you know, from uh, participation trophies they give out. Now, I, I'm, if you've got a five-year-old kid that plays football and you give everybody a trophy at the end of the season, I don't have a problem with that. Um, there are people that get up in arms about it. You know, I mean, they're five years old, I'm, you know, so you're the biggest five-year-old. That just means you, you know, you're a little bit bigger than, than the other kids or something. And so, but, you know, we give participation doors, but I'm talking about as it goes on and on and on, where it gets to the life where, you know, you know what, we're, we're just going to, we're, we're going to give everybody something. We, we, we celebrate the thing that life's not fair, you know, and so we, it, it's, that's not fair. It's not fair that you're smarter than I am, so uh, we're going to set up, so we're going to make the testing so I can be just as smart as you are. Um, it's not fair that you're more athletic than I am, so we're going to level the playing field so that you can't have an athletic advantage. So, you know, you're going to let me start uh, five yards ahead of you. Some of you would have to start like 20 yards ahead to be able to compete in a 50-yard dash or something, you know, because I'm not a very athletic guy, you know, as you can, and so I'm a musician, what can I say? And so, you know, we, we have these things, and, and so that's kind of the way society is, and, and, and that's what Peter Kreef says, that, you know, we've done all these things, and what we've done is produced nice people, not heroes. You see, heroes understand it's not fair, but somebody's got to do it. Heroes understand that there comes a time that somebody has to step up and take, take one for the team. Somebody has to step up and do the thing that's not fair, that's, that, that hurts, that is, is un, you know, I, I puts me in a position where I can't have something somebody else has, but I can be the hero so these people can have something else. And that's what God is calling us to do this day. So here's what I want to do. There, there are three things from this movie about heroes that I kind of want to share with you. So three, three points, uh, you know, this is my typical sermon, three points and a, you know, and, and a, a closing, closing verse and we're all good. Heroes inspire others to do good. The one thing that heroes do 
is that, you know, they, they inspire the people. They don't simply do that. In the movie, Elastigirl, uh, she's, you, you saw where they try to get her because heroes have been outlawed. Okay, they've decided that, that heroes shouldn't be there anymore, that it's not fair for these people to be given special treatment above other people just because they have powers. And so uh, they've done away with it. It's outlawed. They can't, if they catch you practicing superheroism, uh, then you'll be put in jail for it. You can't do that. You just got to be a, a regular person. And so they're, they're trying to bring them back, and so they decide to put Elastigirl out front because she's a little, uh, she, she's a little less abrasive than Mr. Incredible is. And so they put her out, and, and they do things, and she goes and she meets some heroes, some other superheroes, and, and several of them come up to her and said, you were my hero. You were the person, and so because of that, because of what I can do, the abilities that I have, I wanted to be a hero because of you. I saw what you did, and I realized that I have abilities, and I may not be Elastigirl, but I can do this. And they began to show them some of the things they could do. And in that movie, in, at, at that point of the movie, as I was re-watching it the other night, it, it, it really kind of grabbed me that that's one, that's one thing heroes do is we inspire other people. That when, when life kicks us, when things go wrong, when things that are, not, that, are, that are not of my doing happen to me, if I stand up and I say, you know what? It's okay, we're going to figure out a way to get through this. On Sunday morning, when you come in and the lights don't work and the words don't work and things happen and you say, you know what? It's cool, we're going to worship God and we're going to do what we can do anyway. Then I can inspire the people. Now, if Jamie gets up here as the worship leader and is like, I quit, I am not going to deal with this thing. I'm, I'm tired of churches like, I, I'm, I'm tired of having things where we have issues like that. If we didn't have to come in and set up every week and do this, if we had a church we could do I, I just got... If she did that, how many of you guys would be inspired to worship God this morning? Not very many. Fortunately, if you know Jamie at all, you know that is so far a million miles away from who Jamie is that that's not the case. But it's not just her, it's other musicians up here. It'd be easy to do things like that. But you see, heroes inspire people to do good. There's a couple of scriptures I want to throw at you, and, and I'm going to go through some of these, but they all should be on the Sunday's page. You can go back through them. Um, I'm sorry, first off, Chris Colfer, who is an actor, he said this, people are not born heroes or villains. They're created by people around them. There are people around you that have the potential to be a hero or the potential to be a villain. If you've read comic books or you've watched superhero movies, you know that there's a point in most every movie's life, every supervillain or every hero, where they decide which way they're going to go. Somebody's done something to them, something has happened to them, something, uh, uh, a lab experiment uh, can, can go wrong, and it, it can either create the Flash or it can create just about every other supervillain that there is in comics. There are things that happen in their life, and, and heroes aren't born. You're not simply born a hero or villain. A lot of times we're created by people around us. So here's some verses to back this up. Hero, Hebrews 10.24 says, We should keep on encouraging each other to be thoughtful and to do helpful things. Encourage one another. Uh, Proverbs 12.26 one who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Uh, the next one, 1 Thessalonians 2.12. This, uh, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica. He said, we begged, we encouraged, and we urged each of you to live in a way that would honor God. He is the one who chose you to share in his own kingdom and glory. So you see, these guys, they, they are inspiring, they're encouraging people to do good by what they do. And, and each of these verses, like I said, you can go back and you can read them and you can do that. But each of these are cases where the Word tells us we are supposed to stand up and do things and inspire others to do good. For those of us who are Jesus followers, our job is not simply to go around and tell people all the things that they're doing wrong. It's to inspire them to do good. 
You see, I, I've, I've shared this story a thousand times, and you guys are probably tired of hearing it, but it's okay because I'm up here, so you know, you got to hear it in one time. Um, if I go to the doctor, like I do every six months, and he says, Mr. Robinson, you are fat. Dude, <laughs> I mean, uh, be careful sitting on that table because it might bend. I mean, you know, you, we, we got to watch it. If he says that, I'm probably going to find another doctor or punch him because I'm bigger than he is, so it's okay. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. I might. But, uh, you know, and, and so, or if he says, here's the deal, Mr. Robinson, you've got, uh, your blood sugar's high, and so, you know, you've got this, you have, you, you have a history of, you know, you've got so many relatives that have died of heart attacks, and you've got this kind of thing, um, and, and so, you know, the doctor says, it's not a matter of if you're going to have heart problems, it's a matter of when. Uh, if you lose some weight, and you take better care of yourself, then you can live a long time, and you can see your kids grow up. You can see your grandkids. If you don't, you're not going to. Then I'm going to hear what he has to say a little bit differently. Does that, does that make sense to you? You know, and so the same way with heroes is we, we choose sometimes to try to, to um, we try to browbeat people into doing the right thing instead of inspiring them to do good. You see, what Jesus has called us to do is to be the example, to be the hero, to, to be the one that's out there risking our life. Elastigirl inspired people not because she married uh, Mr. Incredible. She didn't, do, she, she didn't do it because she went out and she told, she told young girls, you know, you don't need to listen to what, what society tells you. You need to do this. She did it because she got out there and she did what was right. She got out and she fought and she stood up and she was a hero and inspired others just like her. It inspired young girls. It inspired it inspired all kinds of people to do things. And that's what Jesus has called us to do as heroes. Someone who's idealized for the things that they do, so for outstanding achievement, for things, you know, that's something we can do as heroes. We can live our lives in such a way that it inspires other people to do that. I decided um, when I was young growing up, I, uh, and, and some of you guys can, can relate. Uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Uh, I grew up in, you know, in, in a... Um, uh, a denomination that was uh, very strict. Growing up, I, um, my dad burned my first striper cassette because he said, he said, there is no way that is Christian music, and he burned it. He, I, I promise you. Uh, the very, I, I, I didn't listen to much secular music as a kid except when I went to my aunt's house, and she let me listen to the Eagles, and that's how I learned to sing harmony when I was a kid, was listening to the Eagles. So, um, um, I've repented since then for listening to that, for those of you who may still be offended by that. But, um, and, and so, you know, I, I can remember the first time when I was about the seventh or eighth grade, and somebody lent me a uh, Def Leppard cassette, and I took it home to listen to it, because, man, that was the bomb, and I loved, and, and I, I brought it home, and, uh, you know, my dad found it, and he burned it. And so, uh, <laughs> my, dad, my dad might have had a fire issue. No, I'm just kidding. And so, uh, and, and, you know, and these were things that, that's, that's the kind of background I grew up in. That's the kind of thing, um, and, and so... In, in doing that, when I was young and I first got into the ministry and I first started doing things, I took that same approach. That you know, if this is you know, if you're doing that, you're you know, you're you're going to. And and so I wanted to tell everybody up front, this is who I am and this is what I do and this is what you're doing wrong. And 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 so in doing that, I found that uh, number one, I didn't win many people over, and number two, I put myself in a position that people were taking notes of every misstep I ever did. Because they said, all right, Mr. Perfect, uh, we're going to see what the deal is here. 
And I didn't inspire many people to do good. As a matter of fact, sometimes I challenged them to do more not good because of the way that I went about it. And in being a hero, what God has called us to do is to live our life in such a way that people look at us and they come to us. And, and so there came a point for me uh, where I, I came to a point, I kind of had a, a come to Jesus. Man, I was, I was in ministry. I was, I was a youth pastor. I was, I was leading worship and doing stuff. And, and, and it was in a worship setting, me and uh, me by myself, me and God, in, in a sanctuary on a Friday night in Fairhope, Alabama, in the church that I was on staff at. And I was, uh, I was praying and I was getting ready to do and, and God just kind of came to me and he said, some things have got to change. And, and for me, and from that point on, I decided rather than, rather than wear my superhero suit on the outside where I tell people, I am Christian man, I decided that my actions would be the one, and people say, there's something different about you. I'll never forget the day that I, I was working. It was, it was shortly after this happened, and I started doing things, and, and I made it a conscious decision. Understand, I am not perfect. My wife will be her second service. You can ask her. She'll give you a list of stuff. Um, email her, man. She can. But um, I, I started to make this, this, this change at work and started to do things, and, and uh, I'll never forget the day that a guy came to me, and something was said, and I responded with a, I responded with a scripture. And I said, well, you know, this is, the way I, this is the way I look at it, and I responded with a scripture. And the guy said, you know, I knew, I knew you were different. I just didn't put my finger on it. Tell me more about what this is. And from that moment on, I decided that, that if I were going to be a hero, if I were going to be something that could make a difference, it had to be because of the way I acted, not simply the words I said. Now, don't get me wrong. I have to, I have to open my mouth and say words so I can explain the difference. But if my actions and my words don't line up, then it's not doing anybody any good. Which brings me to point number two, which is the villain will always seek to discredit the hero. If you've ever watched, if you've ever watched a superhero movie, in 95% of them, at some point the villain decides that the way to defeat the hero is to discredit him in the eyes of his followers. If he can make people think that the hero is not the, not the hero, is not the person that they think he is, then the villain can get in and take it. We have a villain. We have somebody that we're against who is against everything that we stand for. The battle says we don't fight against flesh, the, the Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It's not people, it's not, it's, it's, it's not organizations. But there is an enemy that we have. We call him a lot of different things, the devil and Satan. And, and don't get me wrong, in that same Pentecostal thing I grew up in, we, you know, we blame the devil for everything. You know, it's the devil's fault that my finances are all messed up. No, it's the fact that you went and bought that car that you couldn't afford because you wanted a new car that your finances are so messed up. You know, the devil does plenty to mess you up. Let's not give him extra credit for things that he had nothing to do with. I'm sorry, I didn't quit preaching and going to meddling. So um, it says right here, F. Scott Fitzgerald is a famous, uh, he's a famous author. Most of you guys probably heard it. He wrote The Great Gatsby. He said, show me a hero and I'll write you a tragedy. You see, here's the problem, and this is what I was talking about. The problem is when somebody is a hero, people become jealous and they want to tear the hero down. I don't want you, it's not fair that you're more popular than it's not fair that you're better than I it's not right that so we try to find things to do them when uh 
I'm an Auburn fan, so you just get that out of the way. Uh, War Eagle. But um, when, when, Nick Saban, when Nick Saban went to Alabama, Alabama football was not in a good place. Were you Alabama fans agree with me there right there? As a matter of fact, there were, there, there were people on ESPN and stuff that referred to Alabama as the laughing stock after Mike, uh, after Mike Shula and some of the things that had gone on. When, when Nick Saban stepped in, they've become a juggernaut, okay? They beat everybody, all right? They're, they're the world's greatest. They're the best that's ever lived. They won a million championships. I've said it. Okay, can we get past that? You can delete that recording part right there. Um, but but see, here's, here's the thing. When they won their first championship after being down, most of the world celebrated, except Auburn fans. But most of the rest of the world celebrated. Because, you know, this, was a, this is, is, is one of the blue bloods of college football, and they had been down, and now they're back on top, and we're happy for them because it's good for college football for the blue bloods to do good. That was, that was the narrative. After they've won 27,000 championships since he's been there, most of the world wants Alabama to lose every game because we don't like for people to dominate. When Tom Brady went from being the sixth-round draft pick who was going to come and sit behind Drew Bledsoe, who was the quarterback in, uh, in, in, in New England. Most of you guys, some of you guys are too young to remember those names. But, you know, when that started out and, and he finally led New England, who had been the laughingstock of the NFL for years and years and years, their claim to fame was getting blown out by the Chicago Bears uh, in 1985 in the Super Bowl. That's the only thing that ever done good. And so when Tom Brady led them to the championship, all of a sudden everybody was thrilled because finally one of, the, one of these teams that have been in the NFL for years and years has finally done good. Now everybody hates the New England Patriots because they're tired of watching them. We want to tear down our heroes because we're tired of watching. We, we can't watch them. It's different for somebody to do good, but when somebody starts to do great over and over and over again, we want to tear them down. And this is what Jesus said when he told, when he told his followers. He said, there will be people that will hate you because of me. There will be people that will hate you because of what I do. Because, you see, when, when we do good, there's a, there's a line in the movie where their, their government handler who works with the Incredibles, who tries to help them out with stuff, he says, he says people just don't understand heroes that do good for, to, and, and receive nothing for it. It makes them uncomfortable. And you see, there's going to come a time where you're going to try to be the hero and you're going to do something good and the world's not going to understand and they're going to start to tear it down. As a matter of fact, we have this, we have this enemy that I was telling you about. There's a couple of verses we just throw up here. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 8, be on your guard and stay awake. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around trying to find someone to attack. John 10, 10, a thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. We have an enemy and he doesn't like us. He, he doesn't like any of us. Now, there's a whole thing that we could get into about why and, and, and all the things about that. But I, I just want to make it clear this morning. There, um, I'm a, two years ago, God put a word in my heart that for, for, for me, for my life. And it was, it was middle. It was, it was center, um, balance. It was that, you know, too many times we go, we swing the pendulum so far one way or so far the other way. And God was like, you've got to bring it back to here. You know, we get to the point that either, you know, we stand and we condemn every sin that everybody ever does, or we allow every sin that everybody ever does. And God's like, you've got to bring this thing back to the middle. You've got to walk the walk, and you've got to talk the talk. And that's what it, now that's, that, that was me. That's what God told me to challenge me to do. And so, you know, if God's challenged you to do something like that, then by all means do it. But if not, um, 
He will eventually. And so uh, this, this is the thing. Uh, we, we come in and we've got this enemy and, 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 and he's trying to discredit us. He's trying to take the own things. And like screen slaver, you saw at the end where it says screen slaver uh, wants to interrupt this thing. He's the, he's the villain in, in the movie. And screen slaver, he wants to use, he uses the heroes themselves to discredit them. He takes and, and he brainwashes them through the screens that they see. Sound familiar? He brainwashes them through screens that they see and he causes them to begin to change and do things that they don't want to do. It's mind control and he takes over and they do things and he uses that to discredit and say, see, heroes are bad and we can't trust them. We've got to keep them outlawed. This is the part of the message that I've struggled with for a month since I started working on this because I knew that there, this is, we have reached a place in our society where our screens dominate us. Uh, I, I didn't have phones growing up. You know, that was, I, I was born in the last century, and we didn't have phones back then. And, um, you know, we, we had these things that you had to dial with a little rotary thing, and most of you guys have no clue what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, you, you could, if you, had to, if you had an emergency and had to call somebody, you weren't at home, you'd go down the road and find a box on the side of the road that had these dial things that you had to use. And, and you had to put, used to be a dime, and then it was a quarter, and then it was, um, but, you know, and, and so these things have changed. And so now we have, we have this, this power in our pocket. I took mine out back there. Uh, because I was afraid I might look at it during the message because that's what I do. But, uh, and, and, you know, because we are so enamored that, that now we can't, my wife and I will be watching one of our TV shows. And at any given time, we are both, we are both listening to the TV and looking at our phone, checking email or looking at Facebook or doing something like that. I'm sure none of you guys do that. And so we do things like that, and, and it, takes, it takes your time. There, there are cities who are actually trying to, enact ordinances because people walk looking at their phone down the sidewalk and they run into people they step in potholes they get hurt they do things uh there are laws because we drive and we sit and we and we check you know now i'm sure none of you do this because it's illegal and dangerous but we drive down the road and we get it and, and we check our message or we do something we're running late i'm going to shoot a quick text to somebody to tell them and so you know the screens have begun to they begin to do that now, the problem with that is, 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 is not those things. The problem is we've begun to see things and we watch things over and over and over again, and things change. When you've, when you've lived a long time and you start to remember, there are commercials where family situations are different than they used to be because they want people to see a different situation and say, this is normal. There are things that they watch, and you watch where um, they're in, in movies, usually where, where a southerner is portrayed in a movie, they talk like a hick, and they got this long southern drawl, and they're a little slow in the, on the uptake, and they don't really get what's going on, and it's a stereotype. But when you travel, I, uh, when, when I travel to other parts of the country, when I travel to other countries and do things with work or on vacation or things, People from the South are all a little dumb. That's what they think. Because that's what they've seen on TV over and over and over again. When you look at how Christians are portrayed in movies and stuff a lot of times. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> if you've ever watched a news report after a tornado, you would understand why they think Southern people are dumb. 
me and mom and them was in there eating dinner, and I heard this whistling going on. And uh, I didn't know. Next thing I know, uh, the roof was over there, and mama was next door, and everything. I didn't know. I mean, you know, this, these are the kind of <laughs> these are the kind of things that go. <laughs> these are the kind of things that happen. And it's the same thing with Christianity. The reason they portray Christians as bigoted, mean-spirited people is because there's a lot of people who get on TV and they're bigoted and mean-spirited, and they talk about things, and it makes them not look very Jesus-like, but it makes them look like what Christians have become known to look like. And so that's where, with this thing, you know, screen slaver, our, our, our enemy, our screen slaver, he wants to... He wants to discredit us using the things that we do. He wants, to, he, he wants to use our own actions against us. And for us, what that means is we have to begin to watch what we do. We have to begin to know what we say. We have to begin to take back and understand that to be a hero, to inspire other people to do good, I can't simply do what I want to do. There are times that I get, I, I wish I could tell you how many times I'm, I'm scrolling down through Facebook or something. I see something, and I'm like, oh, it just makes me mad. I'm gonna, I, you know what? I'm going to post and tell them just how stupid they are. And then I have to stop and say, take every thought into captivity. If I do that, all I'm going to do is make this person mad, and other people are going to think I'm one of those Christians, and I can't do it. And I swallow it, and I say, you know what? I'll talk to them later. And I can't have to keep going. Uh, you know, or, or there are shows that come on TV. One of my favorite shows of all time, I won't tell you what the name of it is, but it was about a motorcycle gang. And, uh, um, and, and so in, in this particular thing, I, I loved the show. But there were things in the show that as I was watching it, and it was, it was on network TV, but it, as, as there were things in the show that would push the envelope of what network TV was. And I would feel that little thing, you know, inside that said you really need to be watching this. And, and I had a choice to make. And unfortunately, just to be confession time here, I was like, shut up, this is a pretty good show. And I, fed, you know, I, I watched it anyway. And there are shows that some of you guys watch that, that are, fa that, I mean, uh, th there's a couple of shows that come to mind, and there's one, I guarantee it, that popped into your mind, and if you watched it, you're like, I can't believe he's going to talk about this garbage. Or, you know, if you didn't watch it, you're like, oh, praise God, somebody's going to talk about this. I'm not going to talk about the name of it. But there are TV shows that you can think of right now that there were things in that show that you didn't need to do because it puts these things in our mind and it begins to put us in a different mindset and we begin to think that this is okay. And we go to work and we tell people, yeah, I'll watch that. Pastor Rick made something last week. He put himself, uh, you know, in, in, in a situation where he said, I have rules. I don't watch rated R movies. I, I don't do this because that I have rules in my life. There's a movie. I've never seen the movie Titanic because there's a scene where the girl is partially naked in the movie, and growing up, I was told that that's not, it was ingrained, and, and I understand because of problems that I've had in my life that I don't need to be doing that to set off a chain of events in my head to go there. It may mean that I'm weak, but it is who it is. It, I am what I am, okay? And so... There are shows and things, and, and uh, I have a friend, somebody I've been mentoring for 20 years. She's a worship leader at a church, and uh, she, she was in Florida. She just got transferred to North Carolina, and she's, she's working in a church there. And, um, and, and this person, uh, they, she watches some of these shows, and, and I had a conversation with her the last time I was there, and I was like, I, I've got a 20-year I've got relationship. I can say things to this person that I wouldn't say. That and I was like, you can't do that. 
you, you can't watch. And, and, call, and she said, that doesn't bother me. That's not a sin. And I was like, well, that's, that's a bigger indictment on you than just simply saying. And, and so, you know, we did that. And, and again, I don't want to go meddling, and, 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 and I, I don't want to stand up here and try to, try to make you feel guilty, but I, I want you to understand that the world is looking for a reason to tear down heroes. And, and, and society, there is coming. Uh, I've seen Cliff post things on Facebook about this, and, and, and man, I, I agree with it so much. There, I, I fully believe that there will come a day. Now, whether or not I'll still be here or not, I don't know, but I fully believe that there will be a day when it will be illegal to do this in the United States. I fully believe, and that's just me, and, and I can be a lunatic, but that's okay because Pastor Rick's going to be back here, or somebody else is going to be preaching next week. You don't have to listen to me again. I can be the crazy guy that, you know, that plays keyboards over here and stands to the side. You can, that, that's not a big deal. But I really believe that there's going to come a time that that's the case. But if you look at the signs, and you see, when, when, when I was a kid, everybody, teachers didn't give homework on Wednesdays because everybody went to church on Wednesday night. You didn't practice football and baseball on Wednesday because people had church on Wednesday night. Now they have games on Sundays and practice on Sundays and these things, and, 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 and it's a step. And, and, and I, know that, I know that makes me sound like an old fart, and, and I know that that's just, you know, but, but it, it is what it is. And we watch this, and, and we see the way it is, and there is coming a time where being a Christian, we're standing up for what the Word says is sin, standing up you know, and do things, it's, it's coming to a place where we're being vilified. Now, some of it's our own fault because of the way that we stand up for it. But it's coming up time that it's going to be there. The enemy is trying to use what we do and what we say. And we have to know that to be a hero, we have to watch that. There's a couple of scriptures. Go ahead, Tommy, and throw those up there. Uh, Philippians 4, 8, Finally, my friends, keep your minds on whatever is true, pure, right, and holy, friendly, and proper. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. Uh, go to the next one, Psalm 101.3. Now, this one, uh, I, 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 tried to put, I usually use the Message Bible or the Contemporary English because it fits who I am more. But this, this is in the King James. This is what I grew up memorizing. And this was, it just, I will set no wicked things before my eyes. The Psalmist David, the man who God said is a man after his own heart, He's the one who said, your word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against you. He's the one who, who wrote these things. He was the, you know, King David, the lineage of Jesus. He said, to be pure, I will set no evil things before my eyes. I will guard what I do because I understand that those things shape who I am. That what I do and what I listen to and what I watch begin to shape who I am. The actions that I take, the words that I say, the fingers that I point at people in traffic, the things that I do, these are things that people see and they begin to, they begin to see and they've made up their mind whether you like it or not. There was a young man on Facebook a few weeks ago and, and he was posting some stuff and uh, somebody called him out on Facebook, one of, one of a friends his age, called him out on Facebook and said, you know, man, I thought you went to church. What are you doing posting this kind of stuff? And his response back was, you're going to be one of them people that calls me out for what I do on Facebook that's not who I am. That's what we believe. We've come to the place that we have a real persona and our Facebook persona, our, our online persona. And we begin to do those things, and that is why, that is how our enemy 
discredits the heroes. And that's how they take down who we are. Which brings me to my final point. I'm I'm about to close. Um, Number three, heroes understand that it takes a team. They understand that they have to do stuff. I have a quote here from a famous theologian. uh, From a famous theologian. Famous theologian. There we go. Everybody has something awesome to do for Jesus. By Rick, he was confused by the famous theologian part. He was like, "All I have is Rick here." I don't. <laughs> Pastor Rick says this all the time. Everybody has something awesome to do for Jesus. You see, heroes understand. Heroes understand. I can't be that 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 super powered person, but I can be a hero. I can. I have something awesome I can do for Jesus. I may not can stand up here and sing like Jamie and lead worship. I, I mean, I can play guitar and lead like Micah does. I may not can do some of those other things. But you know what? I can make the best coffee. That, you know, I, I can stand back there and make really good coffee so people come in and they say, hey, this is pretty good. I may stick around and listen to what the rest of it says. Uh, there are people who say, you know what? Um, adults get on my nerves, but kids really speak my language. I'm going to go work in the kids over there. And that's great because I'm just the opposite, okay? Kids get on my nerves. I mean, I was just, <laughs> I got delivered from youth ministry several years ago, okay? So <laughs> just kidding. Not really. And so I'm... Um, uh, and, you know, there, but there are things that you can do that other people can't do well. There are things that you can do. You can't get up and talk in front of people. You can't get up and, and, and do other things. You may not, you know, are comfortable talking uh, to things, but you can talk one-on-one and shake somebody's hand back there when they come in. You can drive a golf cart and, and drop people off of their thing. There are things that we can do. Maybe you're not comfortable leading a small group, but I got a big house with a room, so I, I can partner with somebody else that may not have room to have one at their house, and I can have a small group at my house. I like to play video games, so you know what? I'm going to invite other people to come play video at my games so we can talk about Jesus. They can see, they can see that I don't throw my controller like Jeff does when, he, when things don't go his way. Uh, you know, they, we, we, we do things like whatever it is that you do that you're good at doing, that's what it takes. Everybody's got awesome to do, something awesome to do for Jesus. And heroes understand that it takes a team. It takes everybody pulling together. You want to know how Alabama wins a bazillion championships? They cheat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they, you want to know how they do it? Because everybody works together. Everybody down. I do a lot of work on the University of Alabama campus with a thing. And let me tell you what, the athletic department, everybody's pulling together. Everybody is pulling together. You know, and, and so the way the church wins over the world is when people start to pull together. We stop fighting and say, you know what? I wish the worship team would stop going so long so Pastor Rick would have time. Or I wish Pastor Rick they'd shorten the sermon so the worship team could sing more. Man, I wish, uh, uh, I, I wish they'd give more time for me to do it. When we start to pull together and understand that, you know what? When all of us work together, we can make change. We can make a difference. There's a couple of scriptures that I want to throw at you. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. What that means is don't just use it, use it well. Learn how to do, if you're a musician, don't just, don't just be satisfied being a musician. Be the best musician you know how to be so that when you get up and play it, you know, people are like, hey, that, you know, they're not up there, praise, oh, that was a bad note, Jesus. You know, it's not, it's, you know, when people do that, if, uh, if, if you're making coffee, man, make great, the coffee was great this morning, by the way, so, but, uh, you know, if you make coffee, make sure you make it, make sure you understand how to make it. 
you know, make sure you put that filter so we don't get all the grounds in there. You know, Rick doesn't know how to make coffee. He might, we, don't, we don't let him do that because he understands. He don't drink it. He don't know how to make it. But whatever it is, you, you use your gift well. Go to the next verse, Tommy. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. You're better off to have a friend than to be all alone because then you'll get more enjoyment out of what you earn. If you fall, your friend can help you up, but if you fall without having a friend nearby, you're really in trouble. See, God did not call us as heroes to be the Lone Ranger. He didn't call us to simply be the person. Batman is a loner, but even Batman has partners. Even Batman understands he can't do everything alone. There's a reason that they bring, there's a reason the Avengers happens because heroes realize they need each other. And it also makes lots of money at the movie theater. Um, the Justice League. It doesn't make quite so much money, but, you know, it brings heroes together. And so these things, they understand. Heroes begin to understand that it takes more than one person to do that. They understand that if, if they're alone, if they're the only one that does it, that they have to do that. Each of you have been blessed to do something. The last verse is Proverbs 27, 17. It says, just as iron sharpens iron, the minds, we sharpen the minds of one another. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.